can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. G'day folks, Peter here. Welcome back to Monday Down Under on the Talking Pools podcast, where I give some of my perspectives and opinions as a pool technician in Perth, Western Australia. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Hope the weather was kind to you, wherever in this crazy world you might be listening from. Our weather the last few weeks has been best described as confused. We've had some Periods of really beautiful, fine, warm weather. Last week, however, we had some storms come through. Uh, Fairly strong winds, nothing extreme, a fair bit of rain. But what really caught my attention was the forecast for possible threat of thunderstorms. I don't think enough people take thunderstorms seriously enough. My company, we have a policy if there's any sign of lightning. I'll come back to that later, so do stay tuned. But I realized that I know actually very, very little about lightning. I do know about, you know, Queen tells us thunder and lightning are very, very frightening. That could be why it's probably of all natural phenomenon, it's got the most mythology associated with it. With it. Uh, the Norse god Thor with his hammer that strikes lightning. There are a lot of traditions back in the 1700s in churches. They thought that church bells would repel lightning and they were inscripted. Uh, they had an inscription on them saying, we are chasing lightning until over 100 people died ringing bells. And they realized that standing in a high tower with a metal bell next to you probably isn't the wisest place to be. So I've started looking up quite a few resources on it. Uh, The Australian Bureau of Meteorology, that's our government's weather department. Uh, The UK, United Kingdom equivalent, the Met Office. And the USA has got quite a few departments that provide some information. Uh, FEMA, National Weather Service, CDC. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration have a Natural Severe Storms Laboratory, which provides some information. And of course, there's some from the American Red Cross. All agree on the hazards uh, presented and all agree on good responses. So I'd just like to share some of those with a particular focus on what we can do as pool professionals. So first of all, what is lightning? Lightning is basically a giant spark of electricity in the atmosphere between clouds, the air, or the ground. It can travel downwards from clouds to the ground. can also travel upwards from the ground into the clouds. What are you talking about? can also travel upwards into the atmosphere from the clouds, which won't really concern us unless we're involved in the aviation industry, which we are not. Funny story, and yes, I'm taking a sidetrack here. Saudi prince Alawid bin Talal negotiated with Airbus about an Airbus A380 plane to be custom-built 
with a swimming pool in it. No surprises, Airbus said, no, not going to happen. I'd love to see the physics involved. I'd love to see the sketches of the engineers pulling their hair out, trying to figure out, is this even viable? But I digress. Where can lightning strike? We know it can strike tall objects like trees, buildings, aluminium poles that we're holding six feet above our heads in the air while we're cleaning a pool. But it can also strike the ground, even when it's near tall objects. Lightning is incredibly hot, 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is just under 28,000 degrees Celsius. If it strikes the ground and strikes sand, it will fuse together the grains of sand to create little tubes called fulgurites. Uh, It's basically melted the glass of the silica in the sand. The other thing we need to know is that it can travel through wires, through pipes, through water, through concrete reinforcing in buildings and in swimming pools for that matter. In 1993, while working in a swimming pool supply store in Piscataway, New Jersey, host of the Flock at Friday show on the Talking Pools podcast, Rudy Stankowitz, was struck by lightning that had traveled through a landline telephone wire. If we're out on a job, be it construction or maintenance or servicing or repairs, it does present a real risk. I cannot stress that enough. The other thing is about lightning storms. They typically travel at about 20 kilometers an hour, around 12 miles per hour. A fast-moving storm can go 65 to 80 kilometers per hour. That's 40 to 50 miles per hour. So even if you see lightning in the distance, it can approach very, very quickly. According to a 2006 article in DailyMail.com, Michael John Haffenden, 49, who had been dangling his legs in the water, died instantly in front of his wife and their three children. Stefano Maggi, a Gaioli resident, when interviewed about the incident said, there had been a few thunderclaps and then all of a sudden there was one huge bang right over the village and the air seemed to fizzle for a few seconds. Then a few minutes later we heard sirens and discovered that one of the guests at the villa had been killed. I think a good place to start is to be aware ahead of time. It's always a good idea to be aware of what might be coming up. So every day, multiple times, I check forecasts for the weather. It helps me plan the day's jobs. It helps me work out how long each job is going to take. But as soon as I see lightning, I realize I've got to allow room room to move on the schedule. I also use smartphone app. Uh, I use one called My Lightning Tracker. I've got that set to a 50 kilometer radius. If there's a lightning strike within 50 kilometers, it sends an alarm and my phone makes a little peal of thunder noise and it vibrates in my pocket. I check it and then I keep monitoring that. If the storm's approaching, I call the team off the job. Just not going to take a risk. And communicating with the team is important as well. If one of us thinks, hey, lightning is a threat, we'll just get in shelter and call the others. Just so we've all got a heads up that this is something to be aware of. The other thing with it is using your own senses. If you notice the sky suddenly darkening, as it often does before lightning, if you feel a sudden change in temperature, if it just feels wrong, then again, we don't take risks. We find shelter there. That's one of the reasons I don't use earplugs on the job. 
Firstly, I like to be able to hear things like the sound of the, the pump. If the pump sound changes, I like to go, ooh, what's going on there? But also I like to know what's happening in the immediate environment and the bigger environment around me. So if I hear a peal of thunder, my senses have told me faster than a mobile phone app. We take shelter, we try to get inside a building, sometimes not possible if we're working in a backyard pool and the house is all locked up. Inside a building is best, away from any windows or skylights, any openings at all, uh, the fewer the better. Going under a patio or a pergola, that just doesn't count. Same as a picnic shelter, it doesn't provide any protection worth speaking of. An enclosed vehicle can provide some good shelter. So I'll often jump back in the truck, close the windows, shut the doors, and at least then I know I've got that layer of protection should lightning strike nearby. Uh, open vehicles like convertibles, motorbikes, golf carts don't count, but again, not normally something we have to deal with on the field working with pools. to be when there's a lightning storm. Another thing with trees when there's a storm, watch out for the winds. I've seen the wind take branches off trees. I've seen trees knocked over by very strong winds. Frankly, if the wind's at that strength to start with, I won't be on the job anyway. I'll contact the customer and say, look, just the weather's just too bad. We're going to have to postpone. Uh, very, very rarely does a customer not understand that and appreciate it. Another thing on a couple of uh, uh, sources i found, uh, particularly the CDC says it, stay away from swimming pools. I remember when I was a youngster, I used to go swimming in the pool in the backyard if there was a storm going on. I've now learned that that is a really, really terrible idea. That was brought home when a, a good friend of mine was telling me about one of his friends they lost their eight-year-old son in a lightning storm while swimming in the backyard pool. And I would not wish that on anyone. Another common theme, avoid electronics. Now, I'm sure we've all heard don't use a corded phone. For the younger listeners, back in the day before cell phones, phone handsets used to be attached with a cable to the phone itself. Sometimes on a table, sometimes it was mounted to the wall. Watch a 1980s sitcom, you'll see them all over the place. Maybe I'm showing my age here. But any electronics that are plugged in, that have a connection to the power, is potentially a risk. And that includes pool equipment, even if you're indoors. So again, don't go messing around with your controller or your pump. 
Uh, don't work on an automation system. Don't do any of that when there's a thunderstorm. Like I say, lightning can travel through wires and cables. And with it traveling through pipes, don't even wash your hands under the tap because that can conduct electricity as well. According to the Tampa Bay Times, an autopsy found Gonzalo Sid, 13, and Matthew Benjamin, 11, of Coconut Creek, drowned after lightning struck the community pool. We have, in my company, we have a very strict policy on what to do. And if there's any inkling that there's lightning, be it the smartphone app, be it we hear thunder or see a flash, be it we just feel the weather's changing, the number one rule is drop tools immediately. We do not pack up. We certainly don't reach our hands into a pool to pull out cleaning equipment. We certainly don't reposition equipment if we've had it apart for working on that. Just leave it. If a tool is left behind, we can return later to collect it. Easy done. If a tool gets damaged by lightning, if it gets damaged by the rain or something else to do with the storm, we can replace it. What we can't replace is the lives of one of our team. It just isn't possible. I've said it before, I've said it, I'll say it again. Nothing is more important than you and your team getting home safely at the end of the day. So we've dropped tools, immediately get to shelter. If we can't get inside the house, understandable, we get to our vehicles. They're all enclosed vehicles. We don't drive convertibles on the job, funnily enough. We certainly don't use motorbikes. We get in there, make sure the windows are shut, doors are shut, and we seal ourselves in our little metal cocoon. We then call each other let each other know that what's happening. Firstly, so I know if everyone's safe and what action's been done. Secondly, if the customer says, oh, your technician's just wandered out the front and sat in the car, so what? There was lightning. It's common safety practice. We then stay sheltered for at least 30 minutes after the last thunderclap. That's advice by various departments and authorities I've mentioned earlier. 30 minutes is the minimum time, then we can reevaluate and see if it's safe to go back outside. There have been times where we've, especially later in the day, where we've thought, storm doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon, and we've just finished up early and gone into the workshop. I've once and only once had a customer complain when I stopped work due to a lightning, lightning storm coming through. Uh, it was a bit of a funny character, this one. Uh, this was back when I used to do a lot of pool cleaning personally. I've now got a team who does most of that. And I'd finished cleaning his pool. I was about to test the chemistry. I'd put stuff on my truck. Big flash of lightning, huge peal of thunder. And I gave him a call from my car, from my truck, and I said, look, I've finished the cleaning. I'm going to return later to do the chemistry because there's a lightning storm. And he got really aggressive with me. He said, mate, you're going to finish that now. I said, no, it's not safe. It's a lightning storm. He said, I don't care. Just get it done. So I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to come back later. I'm not coming back ever. When somebody shows such a blatant disrespect for you and blatant disregard for your own safety, 
that is not a customer you want to have. So uh, that was an easy way to get rid of a customer who'd been a, uh, a bit of a problem for a while at that point. I really do hope this has given some food for thought, something to think about. Uh, as you know, I'm very big on safety on the job. Uh, I don't want to get harmed. I don't want my team to get harmed. And I don't want any of you to get harmed either. So feel more than welcome. Leave comments for us. Leave any feedback. Have a look at those resources that I mentioned earlier. Uh, National Weather Service and CDC and American Red Cross and uh, Australian Bureau of Meteorology at home here. But most of all, have a fantastic week. just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 